0: Had been three days His parents couldn't find him But the scribes and the Pharisees Were all gathered round him As a boy in the temple Speaking with such wisdom They were all amazed at what he said And in the middle of it Jesus, the one crying in the wilderness, John the baptizer spoke of one who was to come baptizing with fire. When John baptized him, the heavens were open, and God descended like Middle of it all, there was Jesus. The way
1: Everybody, I hope you, everybody's logged in and got their coffee in them and uh, ready for this morning's message. Uh, I, I wanted James to play that song this morning because um, if you if you really listen to the words of it, <clears throat> we get into ruts in our lives and we get into uh, situations where we just feel like we're <clears throat> where we're alone. But like the song says, right in the middle of it all, there's Jesus. So. As we continue to go through uh, this pandemic and we go through uh, the situations where we, we just can't get out and we can't do anything, we feel like we're we're kind of stuck at home. Just always remember that right in the middle there's Jesus. Um, hopefully, everybody's had a good week this week, and we're gonna we're gonna be looking at uh, uh, some more trials in our lives this morning. We have uh, we continue just to to get bombarded with um, uh, just. The things that are coming from this this uh this pandemic and and i want to try to encourage everyone this morning out of the book of daniel we'll be in daniel chapter three uh when we get there and and i hope it's an encouragement to those as we continue to walk through um through this furnace and that's what it feels like right now is we're we as a as a church we as a community we as a nation are just in the middle of a furnace right now and the heat continues just to bear down on us um, but I hope that we can find some encouragement this morning knowing that that fourth man is still by our side. So right in the middle of that furnace, there's Jesus. Um, I read a story this week, and I didn't know that it was going to actually be able to, to, to work into this message, but I'm going to read it to you this morning. It's a, it's a little lengthy, but it's okay. You guys um, just don't fall asleep at home in your pajamas. But a, a pastor, this is a true story uh, that a pastor was telling his congregation and it goes like this: It says a pastor walked over to his pulpit, and before he began to preach, he introduced a guest preacher who was there that day. In the introduction, the pastor told the congregation that the guest preacher was one of the dearest childhood friends, one of his dearest childhood friends, and that he wanted him to have a few moments to greet the church and to share whatever he felt would be appropriate for the service. With that, an elderly man stepped up behind the pulpit, and he began to speak. And he told this story. He said a father and his son and a friend uh, of theirs was sailing off the Pacific coast when a fast approaching storm blocked any attempt to get back to the shore. The waves were so high that even though the father was an experienced sailor, he could not keep the boat upright and the three were swept into the ocean as the boat capsized. The old man hesitated for a moment, making eye contact with two teenagers who were for the first time since the service began looking somewhat interested in the story. The aged preacher continued with his story. He said, "'Grabbing a rescue line, the father had to make the most excruciating decision of his life. He said to which boy he would throw the other end of the line to. He only had seconds to make the decision. The father knew that his son was a Christian, and he also knew that the son's friend was not. The agony of his decision could not be matched by the torrent of the waves.'" As the father yelled out, I love you, son, he threw out the lifeline to his son's friend. <clears throat> By the time the father had pulled the friend back to the capsized boat, his son had disappeared beneath the raging swells into the black of night. His body was never recovered. By this time, the two teenagers We're sitting up straight in the pew, anxiously awaiting for the next words to come out of the old preacher's mouth. The father knew his son would step into eternity with Jesus and could not bear the thought of his his son's friend stepping into eternity without Jesus. Therefore, he sacrificed his son to save his son's friend. With that, the old man turned, sat back down in his chair, and silence filled the room. The pastor again walked slowly to the pulpit, delivered a brief sermon. After the service ended, the two teenagers were at the old man's side. They said, that's a nice story, but I don't think it was realistic for a father to give up his son's life in hopes that, the other boy would become a Christian. Well, you've got a point there, the old preacher said. A big smile broadened his narrow face. He once again looked up at the boys and said, it sure isn't realistic, is it? But I'm standing today to tell you that the story gives me a glimpse of what it must have been like for God to give up his son for me. He said, you see, He said, you see, I was the father, and your pastor was my son's friend. That old preacher had faith. He had faith. Like, I can't imagine that kind of faith. He had a faith that all Christians should have. He had what we would call an unshakable faith, a faith in Jesus knowing that his son was safe and secure But he also had a faith in knowing that Jesus was still saving. He had a faith knowing that if he could just save that lost soul from the ocean, that he had a chance. He had faith in Jesus knowing that that boy had a chance to make a decision to turn his life over to Jesus. And because he had that unshakable faith, that young man gave his life to Jesus, and then later on in life, he answered the call to preach because someone made a decision to stick with their faith, because that old preacher had that kind of faith. Just, I love that story. As believers, we all have faith, but we don't all have that unshakable faith like this, this old preacher had. Our, our verses this morning, uh, we're going to look at. That's a story we've learned since we were in, in, in uh, Sunday school. We're going to look at the three in the fiery furnace But our our verses this morning are going to hopefully help us look at how we can have faith through the hot times in our lives. When things get heated up in our lives, when life really gets heated up, and and I believe we're all about to explode right now. I mean, it's getting so hot right now with with all that's going on, uh, we've about had it. And I want to look at just how we can get through this the situation that we're in without just blowing up. When life really gets heated, I want you to think about this, when it really gets heated and it comes down to trusting God, are we going to trust God or are we going to get mad and give up? When life gets heated, are you going to trust God or are you going to give up and explode? We're going to look at that for a little bit this morning. Today, we're going to look at five things we can do to get through those times when life gets heated. If you got your Bibles open to Daniel chapter 3... We're going to start in verse 10. Daniel 3, verse 10 says, Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the uh, cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, uh, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace." There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which ha- I have made? Will but if well, but if ye worship not ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, old Nebuchadnezzar, We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Let's pray. Father, this morning, uh God, I just want to thank you for again this opportunity to come to your house and worship. Lord to come to your house and pray. Lord to come to your house this morning and honor you the best that we can. God it's a, it's a privilege. Uh, to continue to to do what we're doing. And, God, I pray that each person that's uh, within the sound of our voice this morning, Lord, every one of them that's able to watch this or hear this, God, I pray that they have have come uh, ready to worship. Lord, they may be at home, but, Lord, we can still worship. We can worship anywhere we want to. And, God, I pray that we do that this morning. I pray that you would just have a touch and a a presence in every home represented. God, I pray that this morning as as we deal with these struggles in our lives, uh, God, that we know that there is... Jesus, right there in the middle of it all, Lord, as we go through these fiery furnaces of our lives, God, we know that there is that fourth man in there with us at all times. God, I pray that as things get heated up in this world, we know that your son is by our side. God, I pray that you would bless those that are able to listen this morning. I ask, Lord, that you continue to to be with those that are sick, Lord, that uh, um, we're unable to visit, Lord, unable to have company. I pray that uh, they just get a peace knowing that uh, your son is there with him and there to comfort them. Father, we pray that uh, you would continue to bless their churches up and down these roads, God, as they, they try their best uh, to get the word out uh, about your son. Lord, and I pray that you would honor their efforts. God, we love you and we thank you. Us, oh, your son's name, we pray. Amen. All right, this morning we're going to look at five things to help us get through life when life gets heated up or when life gets hot. So number one, when, when life gets hot, we need faith that can't be threatened or intimidated. That's a strong faith. When you think about that kind of faith that, that, that doesn't get threatened or that kind of faith that doesn't get intimidated, look at verse 16 again real fast. It says, "'Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, "'O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter.'" If you think about what he was doing, Nebuchadnezzar was trying to threaten them. He was trying to intimidate them. He was the king. Kings could do that. Kings could threaten. Kings could intimidate. And that's kind of on the the personal side of it. But when it comes to the spiritual side of it, nobody should be able to threaten us. Nobody needs to be able to try to intimidate us. The king was trying to scare them. He was trying to intimidate them. And in verse 16, I can sum it up with saying, Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you ain't shaking my apple tree. That's the way that these three were, were, were getting back to him. we saying, you don't scare us. We've got faith. We, have a, we serve a God that can provide for us, that's going to protect us, that's going to lead us, and that he's going to take us wherever he wants us to go. You don't scare us. That's the way we ought to be. No matter what gets thrown at us in this life, no matter where we go in this world, we cannot be threatened if we have the kind of faith that these three men have. As long as we have a faith that is unshakable, a faith that is unbreakable, as long as we have the faith in Jesus the way that these men had their faith in God, we can't be shaken. We can't be intimidated. We cannot be threatened if we have that kind of faith. Now, this, this is the same spirit of fear that, that, that uh, Goliath used on David. There's a spirit of fear that you see throughout the Bible in all these situations. The, the devil uses people in here to, to try to, to intimidate us and to put this spirit of fear on each one of us. Nebuchadnezzar is one of them. Goliath was one of them. Listen to what Goliath said to, to David. Over in 1 Samuel 17, he said, and he stood, and he's talking about Goliath, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then ye shall be servants and serve us." And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. He's trying to intimidate them. He's trying to be, a, he's a bully. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was, was a bully. He was just pushing people around because he had that kind of power. Goliath, he wasn't, he was just using his his stature. He was just using his height and, and, and the size to push people around to be a bully. And we know the outcome of that one. You know, old David just hits him in the head with a slingshot and kills him. And he cuts his head off. The girls, My girls got to read about John being beheaded last night, and I think they had nightmares all night long, so I'll just throw in Goliath getting his head cut off too. But God has given us victory over that spirit. We see in the Bible again, time and time again, where there is a a spirit of fear that people try to use to scare a Christian, to scare God-fearing, when I say fearing, God-reverencing people, but we know that God has given us victory over that spirit. And, and, and over in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul tells us, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God has given us, he is, He's allowed us to conquer that fear. He's allowed us to conquer and have victory over that spirit of fear, over that spirit of intimidation, over that spirit that, that so many people try to use against us. We, we see it. To this day, right now, we are seeing it everywhere we turn. We're we're being told right now that God can't fix this pandemic, that only science is going to fix this pandemic. They're trying to put a fear back on the church, saying that our God is too weak. Our God ain't strong enough to beat this thing because it's worldwide. Well, you know what? My God is worldwide. I know He can beat this thing. And I've I've got that kind of faith, knowing that my God is going to take care of this. And he's already taken care of this. Look at what it's done to our homes in a good way. Minus people losing jobs and things like that, but look at where the family ties have gotten stronger, the family bonds have gotten stronger, where we're we're having to stay cooped up with our our kids and our, our spouses now. It's getting we're getting to know each other. If you really think about it, the only way that we here lately got to know each other was online. You know, we got to know each other through social media, or through an email, or through a text, or through a phone call. But now we're getting to know each other personally. We're getting to know, we're getting to sense, we're getting a feeling. We When somebody talks to us, we get to see emotion as they talk. We never got to see that over the past probably 10 years. Emotion. Each one of us has emotion. We can't see emotion on a, on a text message. So we're getting to see it now. We, we don't need to, to have uh, these Uh, these people in the world trying to intimidate us saying that your God can't fix this, only science can. Don't let them tell us that. Don't listen to that mess. Our God will fix this thing. And he's already working on it. He's got a great plan for us. Our young people need a faith that does not bow to the pressures that are around them. When they go back to school, I hope our young people understand that they cannot bow down to what uh, the world is trying to tell them. They cannot bow down to all the worldly, ungodly things that are being spread around the schools and around the campuses around the world right now. They cannot bow down. They got to stand strong on their faith. They got to stand strong on the Word of God. They got to stand strong on their beliefs. And church, we've got to be training them and teaching them about their beliefs. We've got to be grounded in the Word of God. I can't wait to. Go. I can't wait for the church to come back. I can't wait for our children to go back to school. I can't wait for people to go back to work. Because what's going on right now, I believe, is making us stronger in our faith. We're having to, to think outside the box. We're having to do things totally different. Nobody's ever done what we're doing right now. Nobody has ever had to spend church two or three months online and to figure out different ways to connect with, with the congregation the way that we're having to do right now. But I believe, and, and I promise you, I ain't going to promise you, I'm thinking The way it's going right now, our first Sunday back, we'll be in Hebrews. And I believe that we're going to be looking strongly on not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together because I believe we've forsaken the assembling of ourselves together over the past. We have taken this for granted, being able to come together and and congregate and fellowship the way that we have. I can't wait to get back together. It's going to be a good Sunday when we come back. We were just talking about it before church a while ago. I said, we're going to, it'll be an all-day event. We're going to have breakfast. We'll have church. We'll have lunch. We'll have church. We'll have supper. we will have church again. I can't wait to come back. But I do believe that this has made us stronger in our faith. I really do believe that. As adults, we need the faith. We need this unshakable, unbreakable faith like these three men had that will cause us to stand up for Jesus when we go back to work or when you go to work. We need that unbreakable, unshakable faith that will cause us to stand up in public, that will help us or allow us to stand up at home because our kids need to see that. Those that are living with us, they need to see that our faith is unbreakable. They need to see that our faith is completely unshakable no matter what. We're being tested right now. Our faith is being tested right now. The world needs to see that you can't shake a Christian's faith right now. It ain't going to work. We ain't going to bow down to this pandemic. We ain't going to bow down to what the world is telling us. We're going to stand tall and stand strong in the Word of God, knowing that He is in complete control of what's going on right now. He has this thing. Number two, when life gets hot, we need a faith that can stand up in the face of reality. Look at verse 17 again. It says, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace... And we will deliver us, or I'm sorry, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. They're saying, you've got the power to cast us into the furnace, but our God, our God will bring us out. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. The world has kind of cast us into this fiery furnace. But because of the faith that we have in God, we know that our God's going to bring us out of this furnace. Our God is going to take us out of this thing. Our God's going to bring us out without a hint of smoke, without a scorched eyebrow. That's how he's going to get us. We know he's going to bring us out. We just got to have that faith knowing that he will bring us out. Our faith needs to to face the reality that we we may go through a fire. We are going to go through a fire. And this ain't the last fire. When we get through this pandemic, there will be another something coming up. It may not be as bad, but there's going to be something else come up in our life. Somebody's going to get sick. Something's going to happen individually in our lives that we're going to go through. We need to have the kind of faith to to face the reality that we may go through and we will go through another fire, another storm, another valley. We're going to go through it. Many preachers today want to try to convince you that nothing bad will ever happen to us. There's too many out there, the prosperity gospel, the sugar-coated gospel that's out there right now. And I say sugar-coated, it's those people that preach that, Nothing but love. Nothing but joy and peace and happiness, which is great. But there's more to the Christian life than just peace, love, joy, and happiness. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be pain through this as well. We can't go through life as a Christian like everything is going to be sunshine and roses because we are going to hit a furnace. We're going to hit a a storm sometime, and we're going to go through it. The enemy... People think in this world, the enemy can't touch me. I'm a Christian. The enemy can't touch me. They go through this. And this is the way that these preachers are preaching it right now. Nothing can touch me. We have this divine protection around me right now. Nothing can touch me. I'm going to go through here, and, and, and life is just going to be peachy keen, and I'll be fine. Well, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Too many people walk around with their head in the sand thinking nothing bad's ever going to happen. Then when it does, here's the thing. Their faith ain't strong enough to get them through the situation. I, there's, it's not written in the Bible that life will be biscuits and gravy once you're saved, ever. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us that it's going to be an easy life. But it's in the Bible that says I'll not leave you without a comforter. It's in the Bible that Jesus said when he ascended back to heaven, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. The Bible tells us that he's not going to leave us alone, that he's going to be with us. So when we do go through that bad stuff, when we do have to go back into another furnace, when we do have to go back through another storm in our lives, we need to understand that he is there with us. He's by our side. He's got our hand. He's got our back. He's holding on to us. He's clinging on to us, and we need to cling to him. Think about it. Satan was able to afflict Job, but Job had faith. Job went through everything in his life. Uh, Everything that happened in his life, Job went through. And then God blessed him at the end and gave him back more than he ever had. It's because he had faith. He had a faith like we need. These three men here that we're looking at, they were cast in the fire. They had that faith. They had the faith in God knowing that he was going to get them through it. He got Job through it. Think about the faith that Noah had. You know, all those people that Noah tried to, to reach, tried to preach to for all those hundred years about the coming storm. And they, they just blew him off and said, you're crazy. You're a lunatic. It's not true. It ain't going to happen. We don't need, it, it's never rained before. It's never flooded before. We don't have to worry about it. They thought he was crazy, but Noah had faith in God, knowing that he was going to have to build this boat and that God had a great big plan for him. We need that kind of faith. You go through all through the Bible, and you see these men and women, that they, they put their faith in God. You go and, and you look at, at the widow's mite. She didn't put her faith in the one that brought the, the oil or the one that he, she was fixing bread for. She put her faith in God to provide, and he did. He always provides for us, will always provide for us. Our faith has to face the reality that bad things will come our way, always. Some, some of us right now, they're listening. It, it, it just seems like it just keeps coming from every side. The bad things just keep happening. No matter where we turn, we're home. We don't have to work or can't work. Running out of money, running out of food, running out of, of patience, running out of all these things. All these bad things just keep piling up on us. But we've got to understand that in the end, God had a plan, has a plan, and he's going to get us through whatever it is. We've just got to have that faith. We've got to have that fiery furnace faith to get through this situation. And it takes stronger faith, if you think about it, to go through the fire and stand for God than it does to escape it altogether. Uh, I, was, I was reading, I, I don't know where I've seen this. I know it, It's scientific. But it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. We need to be smiling, doing less work. It's just smiling our way through this thing, knowing that God is in control. When we see all the stats and the numbers, we need to smile because it takes less effort to smile. We need to smile through this thing, knowing that God is in control, not be frowning about it. Let him, Let everybody know he has this. He is in complete control And now, the third thing, when life gets hot, we need a faith that is always focused on the will of God. That will of God, that's a big one. The will of God, that's one of the scariest things to ever pray. I say it a lot, I know, but it is. Lord, thy will be done. We need to have the kind of faith that is always focused on the will of God. Look at verse 17 one more time. The first part says, If it be also, um, back up, if it be so, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Now, that word able right there means he has the power and he can do it. He's able because we know that our God is all-powerful and he is all-able. He can do it. He will do it. People don't like to use the words um, God can. If you ever notice that sometimes it's even hard for us to say God can because it makes us sound weak and sometimes doubtful and sometimes unbelieving, but he can. God can get us through it. Our lives are always subject to the will of God. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be outside the will of God. I want to be right smack dab in the center of God's will. And you think about, there, there were some scenarios I was thinking about this week uh, to, that really test us. Just think about this, two pastors in third world country. They're abducted, they're kidnapped, and threatened with their lives. One pastor's killed, one is spared. Why? Two Christian people in two separate car accidents. One Christian dies, one lives. Why? Two Christians are diagnosed with cancer. One survives, one doesn't. Why? If you think about it, the outcome of our life is always subject to the will of God. God's will. It was God's will for one to be a martyr. It was God's will for one to pass away in that car wreck. It was God's will for one to pass away from cancer. That's God's will. But then it was God's will for one to survive as a, a, from being a martyr, from being killed. His testimony got stronger. It was God's will for that one that was in the car wreck that survived to, to survive. That was God's will because it made their their testimony stronger. It was God's will for that one that had cancer and survived. That was god's will for him to survive for her to survive because it made their testimony stronger they become a lot they could go out those that survived and tell a lost and dying world i lived because my god wanted me to my god said i've got a plan for you think about it he's got a will for each one of us these three men knew god was able and we need the, that kind of faith that knows God is able. He's able to, to bring us through this furnace. He was able, or he, he, we also need to realize that our life is subject to God's will and we leave it all in his hands. That's the hard part, is leaving everything in his hands. And we, we talk about this altar all the time and how we may do an altar call and people come up here to the altar and they'll get down and they'll pray and, and we're supposed to leave it all here. Leave it all on the altar for God. Leave it all right here. But what do we do? We get down. We get down and we we get down here on this. And and right here's our burden right here. We get get this burden and and we get down here on this old altar and we pray and we leave this burden here and we stand up and, we, boy, we feel so much better. then we're going to slip down here and we're going to pick it up and we're going to leave with it. That's what we, That's how we do it. That's how Christians do it. We, we tend to pick things back up that are not ours. We need to leave that burden on the altar like it said. We need to leave that problem in our life there and know that God is in complete control. We need to know that, it, that he has a grip on the whole situation. Just leave it there for him. Don't pick it back up and bring it with you. Nobody needs to take that mess home with them. Nobody needs to have that stuff. Just leave it with him. And it takes faith. It takes faith knowing that if I leave that burden right there on the on the ground, right there at that altar, it takes faith knowing that it's going to be taken care of by God and that I don't need to have a hand in it. I don't need to deal with that. Just leave it there. God's got it. God's got that burden. He's got my problem. He's got my situation. Just leave it alone. That's faith. That's faith knowing that he has it. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, this ain't popular preaching. Most of the time preachers don't dabble in this stuff. Number four. When life gets hot, we need a faith that knows that God will deliver us from the hand of the enemy. That's faith, knowing that God is going to deliver us. He's going to take care of us. Verse 17, the second part there, uh, says, And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. That's faith, knowing that he's going to deliver us out of the hand of the enemy. There is a difference between the furnace and the, the hand of the enemy. Now, if you read it, there they first said God is able, and then they said God will. God is able, and then the Bible says He will, which is God will. They've got faith, knowing that He is able to deliver them, and that He will deliver them. They knew that it was if if God's will took uh, took them into the furnace, He could deliver them from the furnace. That was God's will for them to go in. Can you imagine? and it's hard to wrap our minds around this right now because we don't live in, in, in a country where this would ever happen, but could you imagine going into Newland or into Boone or wherever and whoever's in charge of the government saying that whenever somebody plays this music, whenever they get out their banjo and their fiddle and their bass and, and their guitar and you hear that, you are to bow down to this golden image that I have built. And can you imagine being one of those three people that that didn't bow down and the persecution that would come from that? But can you imagine the faith that you would have to have to endure the persecution that would come after that? Well, if you don't bow down to this golden image, then I'm going to throw you down here in the furnace. If you don't bow down, I, I, we're, going to, we're going to kill you off. The, can you imagine the, the faith that you would have to have? We all have faith when we go out. We just don't have the kind of faith that that we need. It's not as strong as it ought to be because we're not under persecution like these three were. But just imagine if we did live in a world where we had to bow down to an idol or to a king. Do you have the kind of faith that these three men had to where you could stand tall and say, I don't believe in that little G God that you're talking about. I only believe in the one true God. Do you have that kind of faith? No matter if they survive the furnace or not, they would be delivered from the king. Our faith should give us that kind of assurance knowing that no matter what, if God delivers you from life's fiery furnace, we will be delivered from the hand of Satan. No matter what, we're going to be delivered out of the hand of Satan. Philippians 1.20 says, According to the earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We're winners either way, folks. Whether we live or die, as a Christian, we're a winner either way. If I live, I live down here for Christ. And if I die... I'll go on to heaven, and I'll be with Christ. We're winners. No matter how you look at it, as a Christian, as a believer, we are winners. No matter what life brings our way, we're always going to be victorious over the devil. Satan is always going to lose. I've read Revelation. I've read the back of the book. I know what it says. He's going to lose, and he's losing right now. He might think, he may have thought, well, we'll just do this pandemic thing. Nobody gets to go to church. Well, you know what? He messed up. He messed up. We're still having church. I think we're probably having more church now than we've ever had. We're having church. So he's losing. He's losing this battle right now. Number five, the last one. When life gets hot, we need a faith that will commit, will be committed to God no matter what. When life gets hot, we need a faith that will be committed to God no matter what. Look at verse 18 again. It says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king... That we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. There are a lot of people who put conditions on God by saying, I'll serve you if. I'll follow you if. I'll live for you if. We want something in return. God, if you will just get me through this cancer, I'll follow you. Lord, if you'll just allow me to walk, I'll serve you. Lord, if you'll just give me a million dollars, I'll do whatever you want me to do. we put conditions on it. It don't work that way. We can't put conditions on our faith. Faith, having faith says, Lord, I'll serve you no matter what. Lord, I, I will follow you no matter what. Lord, I will live for you no matter what. That's faith. Lord, I'll do whatever you want. The Bible says, if you give, I love this story. Lord, here I am. Here am I. Send me. That's faith. Right there's your faith. Lord, here am I. Send me. I don't know where you're going to send me, but Lord, here I am. Send me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I am yours. I am your vessel. Fill me up and let me pour, pour it out all over Newland. Lord, fill me up. Let me just spew all over 194 and 181 and up down Squirrel Creek, Lord, here I am. Fill me up and use me the way that you need me to be used. Lord, I want to be in the center of your will. Here I am. Send me. That's faith. Don't put conditions on your faith. Don't don't try to barter with God. If you'll do this, I'll do this. If you'll say this, I'll say this. If you'll provide this, I'll do this. We We can't do that. Don't ever try to do that. And I know that there's times in our lives when we want to. When we have that loved one that's, that's in hospital on their, on their deathbed, Lord if, you'll just, Lord, if you'll just save them, Lord, if you'll just let them live a little bit longer, I'll do this for you. It don't, it don't work like that. Don't put a condition on our faith. It takes a strong faith to say no matter what. Lord, I'll do this for you no matter what. That's faith. We need to have that kind of faith. The same faith that these three men had, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we need that kind of faith. I'll go into this furnace, if that's what you, if I I will be done by us going into this furnace, so be it. We'll do it. We serve a God, a loving God, a true God, the big G God. That's who we serve, and we have faith in him knowing that he's going to bring us out of it. It takes complete trust. It takes complete security in God. We've got to have that. We have to have that in Him. When life gets hot, can your faith stand that test? How's your faith right now? Do you still have faith in God? Do you still have faith knowing that that we're not done yet? This whole thing going on in the world, it ain't over with yet. We still ain't on the downside. We don't see the numbers falling off. They're just getting bigger. Do we still have faith knowing that God is in control of this thing? Now I want to. I want you to look at two more verses real quick before we close out because I cannot preach this fiery furnace without mentioning this. Look at verse twenty-four and twenty-five. Says then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. Get here in a minute. And rose up, oh lordy, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors. Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. When we are in that fire, when life gets hot, as a follower of Jesus, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to know that you are not alone. That fourth man he's talking about, that fourth man is always with us. That fourth man is always by our side, no matter what furnace we go in, no matter what storm we may be walking through right now, no matter how deep that valley is, that fourth man will always be with us. Always be with us. So no matter what you go through right now, and I know a lot of of people are being tested right now. They feel uh, pressured. They feel uh, let down. There's a lot of things going on in a lot of people's lives right now. But we need to understand that that fourth man is still by our side. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, we can never forget that, that he's not going to abandon us in that fire. He's not going to get in there and say, boys, it's too hot, i got to get out of here. That's not Jesus. He's going to be with you through it all, through thick and through thin, no matter how hot it gets. He's going to be right there by our side. Always hang on to that. I hope you get something out of that message this morning. That fourth man is always by our side. Let's pray. Father, this evening, as we close out, God, I just want to thank you for uh, allowing us again to come together and, and worship the best that we can. God, I pray that you'd bless our families that are uh, that are out there, Lord, not just the the Chestnutdale Church family, but all those new ones, Lord, that are, are able to watch now. Father, I pray that you'd bless them and their families. Lord, keep them safe in all that they do. God, I pray for a great peace. Lord, not just to fall upon this nation. But God, I pray for a great peace that will fall upon your church right now. Lord, knowing that you're, you continue to get stronger and stronger as we feel like we're getting weaker and weaker. God, I pray that you would uh, continue to bless this great nation that we live in. God, I pray that you continue to bless your church. God, as we try our hardest to continue to get the gospel out, uh, Lord, I pray that you would again just, uh, uh, Lord, just bless us for our, our efforts. God, we love you. And we thank you again for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the week that you've given us. Lord, as we start a new week tomorrow, Lord, I just pray that you, again, just open up opportunities for us to be a light to those that are lost, someone that may be hurting. Lord, allow us opportunity to talk to them. Lord, and just to provide a little bit of comfort uh, through your word. We love you and we praise you. All this is your son's name we pray. Amen.